You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns with your host, Daniel Garrett, and today we are previewing the Browns' Week 5 matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. Browns will play this game at 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and we are joined today by Garrett Sisti, so let's get into it. I'm here with Garrett Sisti, assistant editor for Bolts from the Blue, SB Nation's Chargers site, and also host of the Lightning Round podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Garrett Sisti. Sisti is S-I-S-T-I. Garrett, how are you today? Good, good. Th- thanks for the spelling and everything. I'm good. Thank you. Glad to have you on today. Uh, let's start out here with a few of the Chargers injury report here. Big one, obviously, had a few limited participants today. Chris Harris Jr. limited with a shoulder, and then obviously Derwin James was limited participant with a toe and a shoulder. Are both those guys expected to play this week? Uh, Definitely Derwin. They've been kind of letting Derwin get more of a workload as the week goes on during the season, so he's been kind of a, a limited at the beginning of the week, and then he'll go full towards the end of the week. Derwin will definitely be there. Chris Harris Jr. has been out all season. Uh, he w- was close to coming back last week, but uh, didn't end up making it. So he's a about 50-50 shot this week to play on Sunday. All right. And the other one, obviously, is uh, backup running back. Justin Jackson was also limited with the groin. Is he going to play? Most likely, yeah. Yeah, he ended up coming back into that game. Uh, they're probably just kind of bringing him on slowly this week. But uh, he's now been relegated to RB3 at this point. Uh, behind Austin Eckler and the uh, rookie Larry Roundtree. So while if he doesn't, you know, th- they might miss him if he doesn't play, but he is also their third running back as of right now. So a uh, good chance that he'll play on Sunday. Yeah. And the Browns are just chock full of injuries at the moment. Mm-hmm. Chris Hubbard was limited with a tricep injury. He hasn't played recently. Hopefully he can be back this week, but he hasn't played the last couple. Unsure about a lot of these guys status going into this week. Troy Hill didn't pr- practice with a toe injury. I would expect him to play, though. Tack McKinley also didn't practice with an ankle and knee injury. Again, and our guy I expect to play. And then you have a long list of, like, David Njoku, Malcolm Smith, J.C. Treader, Denzel Ward, all not participating in practice, but all expected to play. The big one that will be out most likely is Greg Newsom rookie cornerback has been very good so far this year but just missed last week and had greedy williams fill in and expect the same for this week jedrick wills is the question mark with that ankle injury has not participated in practice and is awaiting an mri at the moment so really that browns left tackle situation between him and hubbard both having injuries is really up in the air 
Then obviously news comes out today about Baker Mayfield with partially torn labrum, obviously still full participant, would not expect him to miss any time here. And the big return is Anthony Walker coming off of IR, finally getting a, the starting mic back for the Browns. But we'll, we'll start out matchup-wise here with a very interesting one. Obviously, Bulaga is out, and Storm Norton is now the right tackle. And Clowney's had a very productive last couple of weeks, so it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Obviously, Clowney stunts a lot, and they do a lot because he in, likes and prefers to be from that wider alignment and able to crash in. So it, it's going to be a very interesting, and what – what we saw previously when teams have had that bad right tackle, such as the Houston game, we saw a lot of stunts just over right over that right tackle. And I would expect the same again. So how do you think storm Norton's going to fare this week? Uh, Probably not good. He had his hands full last week or on Monday night against Max Crosby and the Oakland Raiders. He's been an issue all season long, to be honest with you. And most charger fans are hoping that they Give him a lot of help on Sunday. Uh, you said interesting matchup. Uh, I, you know, uh, it would be ugly in terms of Charger fans. But uh, yeah, he's he's had a rough go of it. You know, he's had a few plays or two where he succeeds and he's good. Uh, he's a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. But he just falls apart late in games. He did on Monday night. He did the week prior to that too. So, you know, it just it's a matchup that the Browns will definitely be able to take advantage of. Um, in terms of the stunts and twists, you know, uh, Chargers have got that a couple weeks in a row now. And uh, the communication between Storm Norton and their right guard, Ode Abuji, has been pretty good. But when but taking Storm Norton on one-on-one is a uh, easy money for a guy like Davion Clowney. So that's a, definitely a matchup that uh, the Browns will look to exploit on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. And then you look, the other side of that Chargers line has Rashawn Slater, just absolutely fantastic this year. From what I've seen would be my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mm. think his performance has been outstanding, but he has a very tough matchup with Miles Garrett playing the majority of his snaps across from him. So so what's your opinion on this matchup here between Slater and Garrett? I mean, this is the marquee matchup. This is what I'm most looking forward to, and um, I think most football fans would love to see this matchup. I mean, this is, you know, the league's best pass rusher versus one of the better left tackles now in the NFL, uh, only being a rookie. He's, he's been outstanding. Uh, he has had some matchups against guys like chase young, where he's fared pretty well. He hasn't given up a sack this year. So, I mean, this is going to be his true test, even though he's had tests all season long, this will be the real big matchup. I don't think he's going to see a better pass rusher than miles Garrett this season. So, uh, I'm excited to watch it. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth, and uh, I can't I can't wait to see it. Yeah, for sure. And Slater, obviously, just especially given that some of his concerns were with that length, mm-hmm. being seen as a bit shorter coming out of college, him being able to handle some of the longer guys like the Chase Young, those really athletic guys, is just a testament to how technically – sound he is at that left tackle position already for a rookie mm-hmm. and definitely a cornerstone piece for the chargers protecting yeah. herbert's blind side absolutely and then if we flip keeping along the lines here but flip to the other side what i'm looking for is where we could see the chargers really dominate on that defensive line is if wills is either playing hurt 
or out and Hubbard is not healthy, we'll very likely see James Hudson there who has struggled. And even if it's Hubbard, I would, or a limited Wills, it's going to be very difficult to stop Joey Bosa. He's one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. So I'm very interested to see what that matchup looks like and who actually plays left tackle. I would expect the Browns have to be thinking that they're going to leave Conklin on an island on the opposite side and just give help to wherever Bosa is at. Mm-hmm. So what? how do you think Bosa is going to fare against really whoever it is because it's either a limited wills or a backup tackle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did, he did really good on Monday night against Alex Leatherwood, who now has to switch his position. <laughs> He's no longer playing right tackle. He was that good on Monday night. He, they kicked him in the guard. So uh, I would say it would be tough sledding for whoever plays left tackle. Uh, they line him up on the right side more times than not. So Conklin will get his fair share of Joey Bosa on Sunday for sure. But uh, they, they're going to look to exploit those matchups wherever they can get it. So if they're going to line Bosa up on the left side, you know, probably no matter who plays on Sunday, because even though Wills is great, uh, being injured, I think you know they're going to try to exploit that matchup as much as they can. So you're going to see Joey Bosa move around, and then they've got their um, backup edge rushers, Kyler Fackrell and Echenna Nwosu, who have done pretty good off the edge and uh, will try to help out And because Joey Bosa has just been a one-man wrecking crew, and they've been trying to get that other side opposite of him going this year. So um, they're going to definitely try to do that this week. Yeah, and when when you watch Will's playing through that injury, he's been fine in the run run game, but he has really struggled in pass protection. And you just can't have that against Joey Bosa. It just yeah. will not be a good time. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Next next matchup, you have two apps, two fantastic receivers and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for Chargers. And the Browns are coming into this game short at, short at corner. Greg Newsom has been starting. He's out. Troy Hill hurt. I would expect him to play, but still hurt. So you're down to Greedy Williams, who had a really good game last week, but just haven't seen consistent play out of Greedy when he's been healthy. And again, you can't really rely on him health-wise, but given that he is healthy now, we just haven't seen consistent play out of him. And you're looking Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is a tough matchup for your second game of the year, especially given that Denzel Ward will probably take one of them for whenever they're in man. And then obviously the Browns do play a good amount of zone, mix in everything, cover three quarters. So it won't be all man to man, but when they are in man to man, I expect whoever greedy has to cover to be a target for Justin Herbert. So what do you think of that matchup there between greedy and these outside receivers? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting because the first three weeks it's been all Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and they've been the best wide receiver duo in terms of yards combined in the NFL. So they've, they've done great. Uh, As of Monday, it was Brandon Staley's game plan to pick on that second level. So they got Austin Eckler involved. They got their tight end Jared cook involved. So it was a completely different game plan. And we didn't see a lot of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams uh, on Monday. And, uh, it was just a matchup that they knew that they could take advantage of. And they did, and they ended up winning and pulling away late. But I think, you know, they, they also want to run the ball and they want to run the ball down Oakland's throat. I, they can't do that against Cleveland. 
there's, there's just no way they're going to be able to do that. So I think they're going to have to air it out like they did the first three games. And they're definitely going to try to get it to the outside of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, but they're starting to mix it up a little bit more and get more people involved. It's been just all Allen and all Williams. And then they'll sprinkle in a little bit of Jared cook and a little bit of Austin Eckler, but this week it's going to be a full heavy dose of those wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. And you also look mentioning how they did want to pick on those Oakland linebackers. You do wonder with Smith being injured and also with Anthony Walker just returning, really the only coverage guy that you can rely on for the Browns at that linebacker position is Jeremiah Usakoromoa. Mm-hmm. So it, when he isn't in the game, you could very well see them look to utilize Austin Eckler, who's one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And when you talk about who's going to get to utilize all these weapons, Herbert's just been fantastic this year. I'd like to have you touch on his performance so far, just been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL as just a second year player. I think he's been fantastic and looks even better than last year's amazing rookie season. So what have you thought of Herbert so far? I mean, right now he's a dark horse MVP candidate. I mean, he's been amazing. And the question was in his rookie year, while he shattered all the quarterback records as a rookie was, can he win any important games? Cause the Chargers didn't make the playoffs last year, even though he played the majority of the season last year. So coming into this week, you know, they've beat uh, every team they've played so far has been over 500. So they've beat quality opponents. They went and beat Kansas city on the road in Arrowhead, which is a signature game for Justin Herbert. And it's just that this new offensive coordinator, coordinator, Joe Lombardi has just kind of opened it up and it's been a a key turn offense because Brandon Staley, all he wants to do is put the ball in Herbert's hands. And uh, there was a clip today where her, where Brandon Staley was talking about how third down is second down in his offense. And once you get to third down, think of it as second and we're going to go and always run it. Like it's going to be fourth downs, no matter where it is on the field. So he trusts his players and they've been hundred percent on fourth downs. They've gone for it. Uh, I think they're tied for first with teams in the NFL for going for it on fourth down. He loves to gamble. He plays with his statistics and analytics and he puts the ball in Herbert's hands. His, you know, his mantra has been like, we're going to win. We're going to live. We're going to die all by Justin Herbert's arms. So they're just going to let him fling it and let it fly. And then uh, just trust in the young, buck i can't it's been uh i think a a surprise to almost anybody i don't know anybody that thought justin herbert would be any good in general but being this good has just been out of this world he's been a special player so far this season and definitely a dark horse for mvp this year yeah and actually i was just watching uh some of that i watched him play against arizona state while back in 2019 while Uh watching uh chase lucas and Man, it's just it, it still surprises me how good he is given what he looked like in college. Makes it's no just, sense. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing leap he's taken and just yeah. shows how much arm talent can do for you when you have the rest of the other things around it fixed, especially yeah. uh play calling back mm-hmm. in yeah. Oregon. Oh, absolutely. Uh and we'll, we'll go to a quarterback who's struggling now in Baker Mayfield. Ba- Baker Obviously, the torn labrum, partially torn labrum, people are going to harp on that as a reason for his struggles. But I, I really don't see it entirely being on that shoulder because he just missed throws 
and not even just missing throws, but also just not going to the correct read either. So that missing the right read isn't on your shoulder. That's on you as a processor. And you can't blame the entirety of his bad performances on his shoulder. But I, I really do look, Baker needs needs a bounce back game. And because it's been two weeks in a row with Chicago as the first game, he struggled there as well, despite a 20 point win. And then coming back, struggled at Minnesota as well. Just you can't have three bad weeks in a row as of NFL starting quarterback. It just, if you have so many bad weeks in a row lined up, you realistically either need to be hurt enough to where you can't play or you aren't an NFL starting quarterback. And I do believe, I believe in Baker wholeheartedly. I just, you can't stack up three bad performances in a row. And so Baker really needs to come out of whatever he's been in where he's missing reads and missing throws. You can live with the missed throws if it's because of that shoulder, but you can't live with the missed reads, especially in an offense that very much simplifies everything with how much play action they run and how many boots they run. And so I like your take here on what Baker Mayfield has looked like this year. Obviously at first, the first two games, he was fantastic. And then after that, it's been downhill. So what have you thought of his performance so far? You know, just being an outsider, it feels a lot like the same. I feel like there's a lot of hot and cold with Baker Mayfield. And I feel like there's always these great games where he can hang his hat on these uh, great wins and comeback wins, and he can spark an offense. And then all of a sudden he can come out and lay an egg. And it feels like that's been the same recipe this year. I don't, I, I do happen to agree with you on the injury. I'm not sure that has much to do with his play because I, I mean, just from the limited, obviously you've seen more of Baker Mayfield than I have, but the limited that I've seen of Baker just seems like, you know, the throws are still there. It's not like he's lost his arm strength. It just seems like he's just missing things and things aren't going as slowly for him in the offense. Everything seems to be kind of sped up for him right now. seems like to me. And uh, you know, I, it, it'll be interesting because uh, you know, even though the Browns are three and one, they could really fall off here. Even if he's had bad games, they've won. But at some point, that defense isn't going to be able to carry him forever. So, you know, he's been he's been hot and cold, and I think uh, I, he's going to have a tough test this week for sure. Yeah, and three tough defenses so far this year in a row. When you look at the pass rush ability of Bosa, and then you have pretty good corner play, especially rookie Asante Samuel. Love what yeah. he's been able to provide. Derwin James just being that versatile matchup piece and one of the best defensive coaches in the league, and Brandon Staley. Then you go to the Cardinals team that has a pr- another really good pass rusher, and they're mm-hmm. they've played, they've outplayed their expectations defensively. Not a bad defense at all there. And then go to the Broncos the week after, so it's a really tough slate coming up. And Baker really needs to play well in these games. Mm-hmm. And but the Browns, we, we know where they're bread is buttered and everyone knows where they're going to look to attack this chargers defense. And that's on the ground. You have a very dominant interior offensive line going against what I would say is not the best. I don't think it's, (laughs) I I don't think it's terrible, but it's just not one of the upper tier defensive tackle groups in the league. And if they can get a lot of their inside zone and, a lot of their 
wide zone will be a little bit tougher without Wills being healthy, but if they can really attack inside zone wise with Chubb, I think they can win this game if that rushing attack is successful. And that has been the Chargers weakness defensively so far this year. So what do you think of that matchup, the Browns rushing attack versus the Chargers run defense? This is the biggest sticking point for the Chargers, and this is where the Browns can win the game. I mean, the run defense for the first three weeks were giving up 170 yards on the ground total. Uh, On Monday, they limited Josh Jacobs to just 48. And prior to Monday night, which they had a stellar game against that uh, rushing attack, they gave up 100-yard rushers to... Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then uh, Tony Pollard. So having a one-two punch in Chubb and Hunt uh, does not bode well for this Chargers uh, uh, run defense. And what Brandon Staley likes to do on defense is he likes to run two high safeties and basically dare teams to run the ball. He wants to keep the roof on on the defense and make sure that the offense can't make any splash plays. So by limiting the splash plays, he'll give up the four or five yards on the ground so that they don't give up the big plays to kill you. Now uh, it's hurt them in the first couple of weeks. Uh, they were able to overcome it for most of the games, except the one against Dallas, but this is a whole different animal. I mean, I, Zeke and Pollard are a good one, two punch, but this is the best in a long time. I mean, they, they've, they've been so good so far. Um, I, these two hunt and Chubb have been exciting to watch. So uh, this is a big sticking point for the chargers. Uh, they had a, a good game against uh, Oakland and they're gonna have to try to do it again, but this is where the Browns could absolutely take advantage on the ground because Staley's going to dare them early on to run the ball. And I think as this game ticks on, they're going to have to do something else and switch it up because quite honestly, I think Chubb and Hunt are going to get whatever they want on the ground on Sunday. Yeah. And, and you look, and so what I've been harping a lot on the Browns is the need to add explosive plays in the passing game. But re- realistically, you look at where their explosive plays have come, and a lot of them, they're getting these explosive runs, especially come the fourth quarter from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They're getting them on the ground. And obviously mm-hmm. what Staley is doing, like you said, the too high safety look is to stop the explosives there. But the Browns explosives just don't come from a typical place. Most teams explosive plays are in the passing game, not in the rushing game. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different attack style offensively by the Browns compared to most of these other teams. So like you said, they may have to change that up just because of what the Browns want to do. And if you're going to give the Browns the opportunity to use their strength, they're going to take that opportunity Mm -hmm. all game. Yeah. So let's get into the MVP of the game. I'll go first here. I think my MVP, we just touched on it, Nick Chubb. I think he can really have a fantastic game. And if the Browns are to win, they need a great rushing game from him and from Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb has been getting more carries than Hunt, but it's it's been decently close throughout the year. And Hunt's even had his game where he had more carries than Chubb but I believe this will be a more Nick Chubb type game so I look at Chubb as my MVP who's your MVP for this one well if the Chargers are going to win this game they're going to have to get up early and hope that and force the Browns to get away from their strength which is running the ball and make them pass it and the only way to do that is to get ahead early and often and so uh, the MVP would be Justin Herbert Uh, he's been great so far and if they're going to win this game he's going to have to air it out and um, 
Uh, we talked about the uh, hurt corners of the Browns so far. Uh, they're not going to go and run in the middle of that interior defensive line of Cleveland. They're going to have to throw it all over the field. And I think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams have big games, but the MVP would be Justin Herbert. Yeah, for sure. Definitely see him as the biggest threat. And again, just, we're talking MVP for the game, but obviously right, right. there's a case for him to be MVP <laughs> of the At some league, point, so. he hasn't been part of the conversation yet, but he will be soon, I'm sure. Yeah, especially if they keep winning like they have been. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Sleeper. Who's your sleeper for this game? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. I would say the sleeper becomes the Chargers' second edge rusher, Kyler Fackrell. I think with the injuries along the offensive line, I think Joey Bosa probably gets a lot of attention on one side, leaving Fackrell kind of open on the other, uh, meaning that he'll get a lot more one-on-one matchups. And I think that uh, it's it's one guy you'll have to keep an eye on if he can win because he's he's had a splash player two every game and he's just looking to break out and he hasn't quite yet. And this could be that game. Yeah. And even if it is a splash player two in this game, that could be enough to swing things with how <laughs> closely matched these teams are. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper is greedy Williams. Mm-hmm. It, if, if the Browns win this, like you said, you can't have the chargers get up early to take away the running game. So if the Browns win this one, it's going to be on Greedy Williams to be able to handle himself against these really good outside receivers for the Chargers. Again, Greedy played very well against the Bears and the Vikings and very limited snaps against the Bears and good snaps against the Vikings where he was on Adam Thielen a lot of the game, who's a very good receiver and handled himself very well, limited him to like, I believe it was three for 30. So very good game last week. If he can repeat that performance, it it's going to be a good game for the Browns secondary, but again, just a very inconsistent player. So don't really know what you're going to get, which greedy you will get. Yeah. So last up we have score predictions. I'm going to go 28, 24 Browns, but I could see this either way. I think, I think that whoever just comes out early and gets the lead is going to take this one. So who? what's your score prediction for this one? I think that point spreads right. I'm going to go 24-20. Uh, the Chargers all season long have gone up early in the first quarter heading into the second. They fall off going into halftime. They give up some points in the third quarter, and they seal the game in the fourth quarter. So I think early on the Chargers score a bunch of points, Browns mount to come back, and then stop it late. It'll be 24-20 Chargers. All right. Well, it's going to be a close game, really exciting game. Mm-hmm. Probably the best game on the four o'clock slate, I believe. And four o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Pacific. So, Garrett, thank you for your time. Glad to have you on the show. Hey, man. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. That will be it for us here today on Fired Up Browns. We will be back next week. First, to recap the Browns' Week 5 matchup against the Chargers, and then to preview their Week 6 matchup against the Cardinals. Let's get fired up.